everybody and welcome to another edition of the Terrence McCauley podcast. I'm your host, Terrence McCauley. Today I want to talk about a new turn my career took in the uh, recent past. It was a uh, commission I received from Berkeley to participate in the Ralph Compton series of westerns. It was a high point and an honor for me in my career to be asked to be part of such a prestigious series of books. And it also challenged me, too. It challenged me in ways that I hadn't thought possible before. Up until now, I had always written about series characters, series that I had created with my 1930s novels like uh, Against the Ropes and Prohibition, Slow Burn, and The Fairfax Incident and uh, soon to be released The Wandering Man from Wolfpack Books. It's, uh, it's always been my universe. It's always been my creation that I was talking about. Even went up to my university series and my Aaron Hicks novels. I was the master of that universe, if you will. I, uh, all the books are connected, as I've mentioned in the past, in one way or another. Uh, you don't have to worry about seeing any cowboys popping up in the university series, but there are links throughout all of my work if you read read all of them. But in approaching this assignment, it was a little bit different. I not only was writing for a much larger series that was going on long before I even was born, much less started writing, I had to adapt to a new format and a new set of guidelines set forth by the publisher. And what were those guidelines? To some people, very simple. Each story in the three that I was contracted to write had to be independent of each other. They couldn't be related in any way. They couldn't even be related to any other stories that were told in the Compton series or the Compton canon, if you will. Each story had to be its own compact unit. All new characters, all new plot, different from anything I had ever done before. That was a challenge for me, and I knew that going in. I knew that I would be pushing myself as a creator and as an artist because I wasn't going to be able to rely on some of my old standbys. I was entering a new world that I didn't know anything about. I couldn't rely on what I had done in the past to help me out or give me ideas for what the character should do next. That's the mixed blessing of writing a series. You know what happened in the past, and that can help influence what you're going to write in the next book. With this group, I didn't have any point of reference. With these books, I had to start from scratch each and every time I began a book. But I embraced the challenge because I knew at the end I would be a better writer. And as I said earlier, I was honored to be part of the Compton series. Now, the assignment came with three books, each one part of a different part of the series. The first one had to be about 
a cattle drive, something I had never written about before and hadn't had any interest in writing about at all in my career. The second one had to be about a gunfighter or a lawman of some kind. And the third had to involve a stagecoach at some point in the plot. So those were the only guidelines I was given, and they gave me enough rope to hang myself with. And uh, that was uh, that was an interesting part for me to contemplate as I took on each book. I knew that The Cattle Drive was going to be the most difficult book of the three I had to write, so I decided to start with that one, get that one out of the way, and concentrate on the Gunfighter and the Stagecoach book later on, and I'll be talking about those in future podcasts. But the book that became The Kelly Trail was a first for me in a lot of different ways. I sat down, came up with an idea about a cattle drive that was familiar to people who read westerns, but wasn't cookie cutter. I wanted to tell my story my way. So I wrote about a haunted man named Kelly who takes his sons on the cattle drive that he's been planning for years. He made a living as a man who ran cattle drives, but this is the first time he's struck out and gone out on his own for himself and for the future of his family. I talk about his family dynamic and about uh, his relationship with his sons, how demanding he is of them, how he gets disappointed in them, and how through the course of the drive, their relationship changes as they're faced with current and past hardships. That was really something for me to consider when I was writing because I didn't know this character very well. And for people who aren't writers, that might sound weird. Aren't they all made up? Aren't they all from my mind? Why do I need to be familiar with the characters? Well, when you're writing about Terry Quinn or Charlie Doherty or James Hicks or Aaron Mackey and Billy Sunday, after a while, you, an author tends to get to know those characters, almost as if they're real people. And I think as long as you don't talk to them like they're real people, uh, you stay out of the loony bin. But with this character, I had to come up with a whole new story and a whole new history and a whole new set of motivations for him. It was a great challenge, and I uh, found myself quickly adapting to the restricted frame of reference that uh, Berkeley gave me. I got through the book. I didn't pay attention to the word count. I just concentrated on telling the best kind of story I could in my own way, created villains I thought would be believable and would challenge the characters as they're trying to drive their herd north and make their fortune, and uh, come up with some convincing dangers that they faced along the way. When I was done with it, I figured, this is great. I've hit my mark. I know I've got the word count. Everything's fine. The word count was supposed to be about 80,000 words. When I looked at it, I wound up with 70,000 words. I, I couldn't believe it. I usually am somebody who writes a lot and has to edit a little bit along the way. But it was 10,000 words. And for me, I figured I'll go back add in some backstory, give the characters a little more color, 
make a little more action in certain places where there wasn't, and everything will be fine. So I did that. Went through it, spent about two weeks on it, was even happier with it this time than I was with the first draft, and looked at the final word count. I had gone from 70,000 words to 65,000 words, and that's a problem because I had just taken my best swing at this. I had everything on the paper that I thought I could put on there without it looking like filler. And I was a little bit distressed. I, uh, that had never happened to me before. Usually in the editing process, I'll add more words, not fewer. But that's what happened. And I was stuck with a 65,000 word book that had to be at least 80,000. So it challenged me to dig deeper than I had in recent memory and try to come up with something that worked. So how to do that? Well, it was trying to look at the aspects of the story that I wasn't particularly comfortable with, and that is the machinations, if you will, of a cattle drive, what it takes to drive cattle from one place to another, and did a little bit more research on the topic than I had in the past. I came up with some really good details that I was able to blend into the story. And I also reminded myself that the title of the book is The Kelly Trail, and it should be about more about the main character than just about the cattle drive itself. So that challenged me, and I decided to create something of a backstory of how Mr. Kelly got to be the way he is. And that opened up a whole new area of the story for me that I hadn't contemplated before. That's why I was able to fill in a lot of pages. I still fell short, unfortunately, of the 80,000 word mark, but I was able to craft a much more believable and relatable character to people who've read Westerns and to people who were just picking up a Western for the first time because they recognized Ralph Compton's name on the cover. Mine was on the cover too, but all the way at the bottom and in much smaller print as it should have been. Through these challenges, I, I found that writing about his past and writing about the events that shaped who he is made for a better story. And I learned something else about myself in the process. I learned that just because I have a preconceived notion of what a story is going to be when I start it doesn't mean it necessarily has to finish that way. Now, I'm used to changing things in my work. I've done that my whole career. I've changed around plot lines. As my editors will tell you, I change names frequently and sometimes don't uh, delete them properly in my manuscripts. That's on me. I'm not a very good proofreader. But I usually have a pretty good idea of where a story is going once I start it. This time was different. This time I really had to work for the desired effect that I wanted. And that helped me grow. At the end of this book, I crafted a story that was in my own style, but still loyal to the Compton brand. They, these books don't have too much sex in them, if they have any sex at all. Uh, the violence can be brutal, but it can't be descriptive or gory. 
and it has to main, they have to maintain a certain structure and I adhered to all of that. It helped me realize that I was able to do more than I thought I was able to do and writing outside of my comfort zone writing outside of my established series of books was a challenge that I'm glad I took and given by the amount of good reviews I got on Amazon uh, people seemed to like it they liked that it wasn't just a simple retelling of Red River which for me is the definitive cattle drive book along with Lonesome Dove I didn't try to mimic either of those even though I like the movies and the books I didn't want to mimic them in any way. I told the story in my own way and in my own time about a uh, character who goes through an awful lot long before he ever came to America and long before he ever went on his first cattle drive. And in a way, I crafted a story that was a lot like my journey to writing this book. So. The Kelly Trail is very much a piece of me, just as all of my books are, but also in my journey as growing as an artist and as a writer. And I really enjoyed that, and that's why I'm particularly proud of this book. Uh, it's got great cover art, too. This was the first time I ever had cover art that was drawn from scratch, specifically based on a scene that I had in uh, the book. And uh, the people at Berkeley were very kind. They let me see every step of the way what it was going to look like. I gave the character of Kelly a bullwhip. He prefers a bullwhip to a rifle or a pistol because it more is in line with his character. And in the backstory I created, I justified that by showing the audience why the bullwhip and that particular bullwhip means so much to him. It helped shape who he was, and it also helped shape the story. And I suppose, in a way, it helped shape me as a writer. Because I had challenged myself to do something I hadn't done before, and I managed to pull it off. A little bit below what I wanted, but the quality was there, and I was very pleased with the final work. And uh, again, I'm honored that it's part of the Ralph Compton series. The next book in the series that I'll discuss in our next podcast is called Ride the Hammer Down. And that book was a journey in and of itself, but of a different kind. By then, I was already used to writing outside of my comfort zone. I was already used to writing about a different kind of character than I've had in the past. And as soon as I finished the Kelly Trail, my mind was already buzzing with possibilities for that next book. And again, I was very pleased with the outcome of it. And the readers were too. And that's what's important. You know, it's, it's easy to talk about the writing craft and, and one writer's journey, especially mine, since this is my podcast, uh, throughout different projects. But I never lose track in the back of my mind that I am not just writing for me. I'm writing the kind of book I want to write, but I'm writing for an audience that I want to please. Because I believe at heart, every writer is an entertainer, just like an actor or a comedian or 
uh, painter, uh, you're, you're trying to cater to an audience without pandering to them. And I believe that my books, in, as part of this series, help me do that. They help me recenter myself and, and remember that the audience is paramount and they're entitled to their opinions about the finished work. But the finished work I hand them uh, is definitely influenced by what I feel their expectations are. I've ghostwritten before, but my name was on the cover of this. Again, very small print, as it should have been, but it was still there. It still comes up when you search my name. And I wanted to make sure that I told a Ralph Compton story, but I told it my way. It taught me a lot about myself and the bargain. So the next time uh, when we meet, we will be discussing Ride the Hammer Down. If you'd like to follow me on social media, you can. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I don't do Instagram as much as I'd like, but I'm working on ways to change that. I uh, promise I'm going to take more pictures and share them with everybody. I am also happy to announce that I've just relaunched my website. It's brand new. It's www.terrence.com. T-E-R-R-E-N-C-E, Macaulay, M-C-C-A-U-L-E-Y dot com. You can find a lot about me on there, not only my books, but also uh, blog posts that I do regularly, and copies of these podcasts as well can be found there. I also have a newsletter that you can sign up for, so please go on the website, Take a look around, and if you like what you see, think about buying one of my books, and uh, subscribe to the newsletter. I'm going to try to send it out once a month. I'm going to do my best to make sure it isn't static, and I'm certainly not going to clog your inbox with a lot of nonsense. I don't like it when it happens to me. I'm not going to do it to you. So, until next time, I thank you for joining me, and I hope you'll join us next time right here on the Terrence McCauley Podcast. Have a great day, everybody.